Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. In this HR Chat episode, we're joined by Norma Cray, Deloitte Canada's Managing Partner of Talent and Chief Talent Officer. She is a seasoned business professional who has been with the firm for over 20 years. Norma has spent much of her career in Deloitte's tax practice, but in March 2018, she was appointed as the firm's managing partner of talent, where she leads the talent advisory, talent acquisition, talent operations, people analytics and mobility, and employee experience teams, and ultimately impacts the firm's culture while positioning as a top choice for talent in the market. Norma, welcome to the HR Chat Show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. So firstly, Norma, tell us a bit about your career background before taking the new role in March 2018. Well, my career journey into talent is is quite an untraditional one, I would say. Uh, I started in the business, as you mentioned, joined the firm 21 years ago. Um, But until March, really, all my practice in the firm has been really in the business within cross-border tax, uh, advising multinational corporations. My area of practice was specifically transfer pricing. So I had the opportunity to, to talk to many different businesses throughout this career and actually learn from, from those businesses how they work and how they operate. So that was, that was a little bit of a foray into talent from different sectors you know, out in the market. But also, I think through those years, I also got involved leading many talent initiatives like recruitment for the tax practice at all the universities in Canada, for example, sponsoring the very first um, women initiative group uh, at Deloitte Canada, coaching and sponsoring uh, uh, senior managers that eventually became partners. So all those things really are now, as I see on the other side of the fence, um, come very useful because it is a different side of the equation on talent, on the business as a client. And now I think that gives me some perspective to lead um, the, the operations and strategy on, on, for the firm overall. Uh, on the talent uh, front, as well as really connect with the businesses in a meaningful way. So it has been an unusual journey, but one that that I'm, you know, proud to to be able to hopefully impact and uh, uh, happy to do. Okay, wonderful. Thank you very much. So it sounds like uh, you're a perfect candidate to make that transition from from tax to talent. Then, well, I would say um, <laughs> time will tell, but. In reality, I think when you lead a practice, my very last role within the tax practice, I was leading um, the team nationally, the transfer pricing team, and that involved a lot of coaching, a lot of mentoring, a lot of really inspiring the team, both the partners and the younger members of our team to really work together across the country and execute on our priorities together. So interestingly, I think that that really involves a lot of talent attributes or, or, or skills that you need to really um, lead a team. Now, I think it's an opportunity to impact uh, a, a much, much larger team. But uh, but the skills and the, the things that you need, need to do to be a good leader, are, I think, are the same. So I think definitely every part of the journey that I have taken through through this career has been valuable and useful. Now, if you don't mind, Norma, I'd, I'd love it if you could provide a bit of an overview for our listeners of, of your role at Deloitte Canada in terms of what does an average, if there is such a thing, week look like as managing partner of talent? 
Yeah, well, so my role encompasses a few different areas. So from a talent perspective, more purely, I oversee the strategic direction of the talent team, leaning in the areas of talent advisory, talent acquisition, talent operations, including service and people analytics. Um, I also am part of the Inclusion Council of Deloitte Canada, and I also lead uh, the employee experience team. Within uh, the, the, this talent role, of course, um, is uh, our goal is to really lead the strategy and execute on our priorities to ultimately, uh, along with my team, position the firm as the top choice for talent in the market. And at the same time, creating a different experience for our talent at Deloitte, ultimately impacting our firm's culture. Uh, in addition to this, I'm also a key member of the Deloitte Canada Executive Committee, and I am also the executive sponsor for Deloitte University North. This is our, our exclusive and preeminent learning facility for professionals as well as clients that truly exemplifies the firm's commitment to our leadership development, because we are really a leadership development firm. Uh, my schedule, I think my schedule goes, you know, changes day to day. Uh, the role is, is varied, and that means that my day is also very different from day to day and week to week. Uh, in some cases, I'm developing a multi-year strategy. Uh, other days, I'm brainstorming with my talent executive on how to focus our efforts on service excellence, how to innovate, how we're using IA, artificial intelligence for some of those things, how our workforce models are changing. Uh, sometimes I'm presenting to the firm, board, uh, or executive team on uh, the progress we're making on the talent uh, priorities, or rallying the entire team, uh, updating them on what uh, we should focus on, or motivating them on some particular topic in an all-hands call. So every day is very different, and that's, I think, what keeps this uh, job at the same time as challenging, very motivating. Wowza. Uh, it sounds like you get up to a lot. I'm assuming at some point then you, you also get an opportunity to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, but every so often I have a really good idea. I wake up and write it down in a little pad of paper. <laughs> now, uh, let's let's get into the main focus of the interview today, Norma. And um, and listen, today we're we're going to we're going to talk a bit about uh, millennials and, and also we're going to give a little bit of thought to the following generation who are coming through the uh, the Gen Gen Z, Gen Z, um, also known as centennials. But just to start with, uh, last fall, Deloitte released a thought leadership report entitled Outcomes for Optics building inclusive organizations. Can you can you tell me a little bit about that report and how, in your opinion, organizations can shift from optics to outcomes? For sure. Well, we are very proud of this report. For the past several years, Deloitte has explored many areas of one core issue, which is how Canada's future success and prosperity truly depends on the success of our businesses in Canada of all shapes and sizes. And because of that, we have studied different areas that affect and impact the productivity and business performance challenge, uh, uh, challenges that these companies face. And, and some of the other issues um, like competitiveness or issues that are at the core of a firm's culture like courage. Well, inclusion is actually an issue that is both connected to performance and culture. And our report, Outcomes Over Optics, is effectively um, presenting one simple fact, that businesses that focus on maximizing the potential of each of their employees will win in the market. Through the research that we presented in that report, 
We also included candid conversations with more than 25 senior Canadian executives and experts in this field. And we found that business leaders truly care deeply about inclusion. And it is a very, very important topic at all their boards and executive teams. They truly understand that inclusion is a competitive advantage that they need to hone in. Drawing from those discussions with these um, executives and experts, we also developed five concrete recommendations to help businesses move the dial that we have included in our report. Okay, thank you very much. So in the report, I believe it's noted that by 2025, approximately 75% of the Canadian workforce will be predominantly made up of uh, folk like me, millennials, uh, which the report defines as those born between 1983 and 1994. Uh, there's there's often controversy about those exact years, but that's that's fairly standard in terms of what, what a definition is, of course, around a millennial. Um, this is going to be a dramatic change for organisations across Canada. How, how is this generation different, in your opinion, from others that have come before them when it comes to inclusion? Well, it's interesting because we really at Deloitte refer to this generation as the inclusion generation. I think they're much more aware and they really don't see many differences the way previous generations so they are really used to working together and getting a lot of feedback and connections across the world, not only really with immediate peers or colleagues um, in, in the different circles they participate in. And that's probably mostly because they grew up with social media. Um, for generations, um, the term inclusion really was more related to social cultural differences like skin color, religion, or ethnicity. But I think today we're actually saying that this generation doesn't see those differences in the same way. Millennials are describing the inclusion much more related to working styles and idea generation, how people think, more cognitive diversity. So they are associating inclusion with a variation of backgrounds, education, skill sets, and mindset, as opposed to the, the different skin color, religion, or ethnicity uh, differences that other other generations would would really focus on in terms of uh, thinking about inclusion. Okay, thank you. Now, what do you think organizations should be doing to prepare for the shift? And do you think uh, do you think it's okay these days to be to be a little bit more flexible about some of those wants and desires and working habits of millennials? So, for example, being a little bit more flexible about working hours. Yeah, I think that uh, workforce models are going to start changing dramatically, and that is because, you know, this generation is used to working almost anywhere, right? Like when they went to school, they could study for an exam in a Starbucks surrounded by people with their headphones on, or they would actually study together with others, um, you know, almost like an open um, collaboration, really, uh, mindset. And I think that that allows people to work in very different ways everywhere they are. Technology is obviously helping with that as well. I think these younger generations of recruits and employees that we are, um, you know, seeing coming through our doors, they seek to contribute in, in a much more meaningful way. They, they want to engage and take a lead role in idea generation from the get-go. And they actually are contributing and designing solutions within their ecosystems. And I think in general, they are inclusive by nature. Again, because as I was mentioning, they grew up sharing their ideas, information, or images they take 
to to conceptualize something with many communities and the public at large. And they're also accustomed to obtain immediate feedback through social media. And with that feedback and input, they can actually make those thoughts and ideas much richer. So they know the benefit of including a much, much broader group to work with. And, and that is certainly much easier to achieve in a much more open environment for work as well. So the way we work, the buildings we work, and um, the way people connect in a meaningful way to contribute together to a goal are definitely um, shifting. And I think this generation is, is helping to make the shift faster, not only for this generation, but impacting others, like say at my age, uh, realizing that when you team you know, with, with younger generations, there's a lot of benefit to be had to learn for, from how to work in a different way. And teaming up um, with, with uh, younger people is always a benefit. I think when you inject truth and innovation, thinking into any meeting by including their voices, uh, the conversation immediately changes and, and it can be enriched by, by having a different way of thinking. And, and I think that, you know, involving those younger voices in any kind of issue you're trying to solve will certainly um, enhance that conversation and take it to a, a, a different place that will generate uh, innovation just by its nature. I wholly agree with everything you just said. I recently wrote an ebook um, for uh, for the Canadian Professional Sales Association on exactly this and uh, everything you said there resonates with me so uh, kudos to you so what we've just spoken about there is is your advice for for other, other organizations of course but I'm, I'm gonna test Deloitte's metal here now um, what is Deloitte doing in particular to prepare for the shift well I would say that we have started to experience the shift already in fact more than 70% of our practitioner base is made up of Millennials already and I believe the difference in becoming an inclusive organization as well as really engaging these centennials is, um, is injecting youth and innovative thinking into any established approaches in decision making. I think at the time of making a decision is when you really um, can crystallize your objectives to, to operate differently. So as I, as I was saying, a very, a very small example is simply when you start a meeting and you call the younger voice at, around the table to start the conversation instead of the most senior person. In any meeting, whether it's a project or a much broader uh, sort of uh, issue-based uh, discussion, or perhaps even a council where you may invite a younger member of a team to come and uh, either be the facilitator or actually sit at the table along with very senior members of the organization. I think that's a, a very practical way to, to really change the conversation. But it's when you're deciding on things that you want to really have that perspective. Um, I think um, the other thing that we're doing, and again, uh, we actually last fall released our firm's talent value proposition, which is effectively made of three commitments that we make to our people about the experience that everyone will have working at Deloitte. And the three pillars of this of this value proposition are leadership at every level, which really engages people in a way that no matter what your title is, you can lead the way and you can actually contribute ideas and be the leader of that initiative. Second is your, your, your way, which is 
really being very agile and recognizing that people work in different ways as opposed to the traditional way of coming to your desk every day. And I think that's really generating a lot more connections and conversations that wouldn't have otherwise existed without this new way of working. And then, of course, the third is Unite to Include, which really involves um, students from different backgrounds and all our people really um, not focusing on the differences, but rather uniting those differences to create something of much higher value. So those that tenants, those tenants and that vision for our talent has really engaged our thinking and, and conversations on how to approach different ways of recruiting and um, engaging our people. So for example, over a hundred of the country's top students were invited, selected and invited to attend a very recent um, Deloitte National Leadership Conference where we hosted them um, to come in and experience Deloitte in the best way we can offer it at our Deloitte University North that I mentioned before. They visit our greenhouse, which allows them to see different ways of thinking and creating innovation uh, solutions to specific issues. They had case competitions and many different things to to really engage them in an environment that mirrors Deloitte through a series of guest speaker sessions, workshops, team building activities, and also even obviously networking socials. With respect to the leadership at every level, um, for example, participants were split up into small groups to channel their leadership skills and create a solution for an actual Deloitte client. And the best part of that is that the client will actually be using the solution from the winning team. So that's uh, the best way to engage somebody when they know whatever they created is actually going to be used by a real a corporation uh, as a solution. Uh, for your Wear Your Way, for example, we get them to um, experience working in some of the various spaces we offer at, at our Toronto office, which is really a model of working uh, a different way with a very agile and connected environment, which even includes a, a, a digital studio, for example. And then on the Unite to Include front, um, the students from various different backgrounds, whether engineering, business, computer science, and even some art degrees, they worked together throughout the conference to come up with really innovative solutions. And we were delivered to really connecting different sort of backgrounds from their education perspective to really uh, create very, very innovative solutions together. And I think whenever you point out um, how well they collaborated and how their solutions they created became much better because of that diversity of conversation. It is just coming to life uh, by itself. I'm just going to throw in a shameless plug there, of course, because uh, I often do that. Uh, listeners, uh, if, you've, if you've been interested in what you've heard just there in that last answer, I'd also encourage you to check out another interview that I did from another fantastic member of the Deloitte team, Kim Tabak, uh, a few months back, uh, where she, she expands upon some of the points there mentioned by Norma. Anyway, let's, uh, let's continue through. End of my shameless plug. Um, so preparing for a millennial-dominated workforce has been a big focus for companies for, for several years now. Um, what is perhaps less clear and what I mentioned earlier on in, in, in this interview is, is the impact of the following generation, Generation Z or Generation Z or also known as Centennials, if you read The Guardian. Um, what's, what's different about this group of young people, Norma, now, now starting to come through college, which, which should also be recognised and incorporated into future talent strategies? 
Well, interestingly, we have seen a lot of similarities between these two generations. And I think that in the past, you would see a much more um, uh, wide generational gap. But the generational gap between these two appears to be relatively small. Uh, in comparison to other generational gaps we have experienced o- over the last uh, you know few years in fact rather than than um than seeing them uh think differently they connect relatively quickly on a few topics um for example in terms of um what they they perceive to be a successful business and how they would expect business success is measured is just beyond financial performance. For example, they would want to see uh, a business or they perceive to be a business being very successful if a corporation is making a positive impact on society and the environment, uh, if, if that business is creating innovative ideas, products and services. If they're generating jobs and the career development uh, is, is actually developing that talent and improving people's lives. And if the corporation has an emphasis on inclusion and diversity in the workplace, these are things that really um, are motivating, you know, these these new generations or the two generations, and they are quite aligned in, in that thinking. Some of the early research I have seen also shows that this gen set wants to have a voice in the future of their work. They too, just like millennials, want to be involved in the thinking and ideas around improving inclusion and diversity in the workplace, but they're also looking for opportunities to really make a meaningful change and have an impact. Um, And they are valuing very different working environments, as we mentioned. So all those things, I think, are, are traits shared by these generations, and we are finding that they are converging faster than, say, generations that we experienced in the past. Which I guess makes a lot of sense when you think about the exponential growth of technology and how uh, that generation, certainly perhaps even more than millennials, were born with an iPhone in their hand almost. Um, and and it's, it's so natural to, to that, that next generation coming through. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think that, that technology is, is bridging the gap in so many ways, including generational gaps. <laughs> Okay, we are coming towards the end of this interview already, Norma. You won't believe that. Just a couple more questions for you. Um, and, and one issue that I'm sure organizations uh, pose and ask themselves is, how will we know when we get there? How how will organizations know if, if they're truly being inclusive? Yeah, well, that's a tough one because it's so hard to measure progress sometimes. And I think you're impacting culture. So when people really start behaving differently and it becomes much more prevalent, you know that there has been an impact and a shift and a change. But it is really about understanding and measuring how all the voices are included at the table. When, when you can see that everybody really feels included in, in, in the same way as others. I always think about a sports analogy where, you know, we all know who Serena Williams is the TV would hone in to her coach relatively often. And, and you know that as well from, you know, now in the World Cup, same thing with the soccer with the soccer teams. You know their stars players and you know the coaches. But does anybody know the names of the line judges or the referees? We tend to just focus on them only when there's an issue and where we don't like what the call was. But, you know, when the line judge feels as included as the star, and if, you, if we use that analogy of sports into into a corporation, and when 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 everybody 
that works in the organization feels as included as the star, I think we we would have made headway and we would be there. But it's a long way to go. And I think it's um, you will have moments where you will experience it. But I think um, to really to really be a difference, you have to have a broad sense that that temperature has changed and that uh, a large group of, of communities is behaving in that way and is actually feeling that way. Um, I think, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's important to keep in mind that this is a journey and it is really one that you have to revisit every so often because by definition, when you start becoming more inclusive, the conversation will change and becomes a cycle that you have to revisit over and over because by being more inclusive, your objectives that you set out uh, at the outset may be shifting as well and may may require a, a, an adjustment. Um, our own journey certainly reflects that. For example, our CEO is actually our chief inclusion officer and has reestablished an inclusion advisory council to really guide our strategy. We have had a council in the past and it was more internally facing um, and made, it was made out of partners from across the country and, and including all the service, different business lines we have. But now our council is much more, um, uh, I guess, focused on an external point of view as well to marry what we're doing inside and how we're impacting the market. And at the same time, it includes different voices, young as well, and it's, it's really um, an, an, a smaller group that is collaborating and trying to really create some impactful solutions on this. So it's a different take on, on on the same things we have done, but it's actually restarting our conversation to think uh, about what we can adjust and what we can um, uh, do to move the temperature and to impact in a much, much broader way. And again, linking our efforts both in the market and internally in a meaningful way for everybody. Okay, and one last question, not not a particular doozy. It should be fairly straightforward for you. Um, how, how can how can our listeners connect with you, Norma, and how can they learn more about the wonderful work done at Deloitte Canada? Well, I encourage everyone to follow our Deloitte Canada accounts on social media. It's a it's it's a good uh, way to connect with us, both on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, of course. You can also download a copy of our Outcomes Over Optics Inclusion Report that I mentioned in this interview, and you can find it at www.canada175.ca. And if you want to learn more about Deloitte, our careers, and any new thought leadership that we release as a firm, you can also visit our website at deloitte.ca. Yeah, and one last shameless plug for me there. There are also plenty of interviews with uh, with the wonderful team members from Deloitte on the HR Gazettes, and also you can learn more about them on the Innovate Work event website too. Um, but that just leaves me to say for today, Norma Cray, thank you very much for being a guest on the HR Chat Show. Thank you. It was a pleasure being with you today. And listeners, as always, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.